Catholic Charities After Supper Visions program offers guests of our Tuesday night supper the opportunity to learn the art of photography. These talented guests who are often experiencing homelessness are offered disposable digital cameras and they work with volunteer professional photographers to learn the basics of taking photos. Then the artists go out and capture images on film of anything they find to be beautiful or interesting in the world. Their photos are amazing. Visit AfterSupperVisions.com to learn more about the artists and their artwork. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn too. At After Supper Visions, we are developing film, talent, and hope. It has been inspiring to see how individuals, families, and communities have found ways to help one another throughout 2020. At Catholic Charities, we usually have 35 to 40 events a year where we gather and enjoy time together in support of important programs and services while raising critical funds that allow us to respond to the growing number of people who are in need of the most basic necessities in life. Many of our events are now virtual. If you would like to be a sponsor for one of these events, please call 312-948-6864. That's 312-948-6864. Also, visit us at catholiccharities.net slash events and follow us on social media too. We so look forward to when we can resume our events in person and reconnect with our friends and partners throughout Chicagoland. For now, please consider donating to Catholic Charities so our vital work can continue. Thousands of people in Chicago count on Catholic Charities every day. Please help us help them today. Learn more at catholiccharities.net. You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. Every Monday through Friday from 8 AM to 9 AM, the Archdiocese of Chicago presents programming about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. Welcome to Mission Matters Live, a program focused on promoting a spirit of mission among the people of God in the Archdiocese of Chicago. My name is Megan Mio. I'm coordinator in the mission office, and our engineer is Mike. You are listening to WNDZ 750 AM, and we hope you'll join us every third Thursday of the month from 830 to 9 AM. Today, we have two guests who will share their work with Solidarity Bridge, our own local Archdiocesan medical mission organization that, in a spirit of solidarity, partners with communities in Bolivia and Paraguay to increase access to safe, affordable surgery and other essential health care. Solidarity Bridge is based in Evanston. So we have with us Jody Grahl, 
Director of General and Gynecologic Surgery and Pacemaker Programs. And we have Rachel McDonnell, Director of Development. And they have joined us by phone. So good morning, and thank you both for talking with us today. Thank you for having us. It's great to be here with you. Great, great, thanks. Yeah, it's weird when you have people on the phone. You really can't see body <laughs> language or anything, so you got to be audible <laughs> with your responses. But great, glad to hear from both of you. Thanks so much for taking the time. So um, I, now I gave a, a short introduction at the top of the show, um, so perhaps one of you could elaborate a little more about the work of Solidarity Bridge. Can you tell us a little more about how this work is an example of solidarity and of mission? Rachel? Sure. Uh, Yeah, I think our name really says it all. Our Mm -hmm. organization aims to be a bridge, connecting different people, different communities, and helping them to know each other, to share their experiences, their suffering and joy. Mm -hmm. And in this way, we build up solidarity among all the people who encounter this mission. Mm -hmm. There's this sense of mutuality in all of our work, too, I think is important. For more than 20 years, we've focused on increasing access to medical care, Mm -hmm. but we always emphasize that each person involved, whether they be the doctor or the patient, Mm -hmm. each person is in need of some kind of healing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and there's there's a sister organization on the ground in Bolivia, right? Exactly, Puente de Solidaridad. So it's very mutual in that sense. I mean, mutual in the fact that people on the ground in Bolivia, people on the ground in the U.S. and the Chicago area are... um, both organizing, both working together, gathering their um, leaders and, and, as you say, people in need uh, of all different stripes. So, and each mm-hmm. of you have different roles. I, I named your titles. Um, but if you would, please tell us um, how you came to this kind of work and what your responsibilities are. Uh, Jody, if you'd get us started. Sure. Thank you. Uh, I'm actually originally from Wisconsin, uh, but after college, I lived in Mexico for about 21 years, where I worked for an international nonprofit based there. Mm -hmm. And then about nine years ago, I moved from Mexico Mexico City back to Evanston and began working with Solidarity Bridge. Mm -hmm. And in my role as director of three of our surgical programs, I communicate with our sister office in Bolivia, as you mentioned, Mm -hmm. to find out from them what they need to help the low-income patients who come to them to, to get specialized surgeries. Mm-hmm. So uh, a lot of what we do here is track down donated surgical equipment and supplies, mm-hmm. and we also recruit U.S. doctors and other team members to travel with us to provide ongoing training for their Bolivian counterparts to, to help keep them up to date on the latest surgical techniques. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of... I'm sure medical jargon and knowledge around the the, the uh, types of needs, as you mentioned. Um, yeah. So you're really matching up. You're starting with the the folks, the communities in in South America, and saying, "What do you all need right now?" And then you're following up with, you know, what we can offer here from the U.S. Is that right? Exactly. Exactly. It's a it's a partnership. We each have our our roles. They identify the needs. Uh, and let us know how we can how we can help from here. Wow. Okay. And now, Rachel? Um, I've worked in nonprofits in Chicagoland for more than 10 years, and I've been with Solidarity Bridge for the last four. Mm-hmm. And in my role, I really have the privilege of sharing the stories of our mission. Mm-hmm. And I love helping people feel connected to our partners in South America, even when they can't personally travel. Yeah. Right, right, right. 
yeah, so you're you're really um, helping in doing the development work. You're really helping people see um, the effect of of their support and and motivating mm-hmm. folks to see how um, all the pieces come together um, in terms of. Uh, of course, the financial piece, but also, as you say, those who can't go, you know, that they could be supportive in, in other ways as well. Um, right. There are many ways to contribute, and they all make an impact. Right. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. When it comes to building bridges. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so now that we know a little more about Solidarity Bridge, um, I'd like to talk about, of course, a topic on everybody's minds, the, the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, and given that, that Solidarity Bridge is a medical mission organization, I'd like to talk about how it's affected your efforts. Um, what are the major ways that the pandemic has impacted the partner communities in South America? Can you say about that, Jody? Could you talk about the medical? Yes, absolutely. So, uh, unfortunately, Bolivia is ranked one of the 10 countries in the world worst affected by the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Everyone in Bolivia carries some trauma from the long weeks, when there was really a long period of time when hospitals ran out of room and a lot of people passed away without finding any care. But specifically referring to our most direct partners, the Bolivian medical community, mm-hmm. they lost hundreds of doctors and nurses to COVID-19. Wow. Um, everyone from you know talented young medical students and residents and, and they also, they, they lost many very experienced specialists who are, you know, there's very few of them. Um, they lost decades of, of built-up knowledge. Mm-hmm. Bolivia already has a, had a very, they have a serious shortage of doctors. The entire country has fewer than maybe 15,000 doctors. So mm-hmm. this loss mm-hmm. is really devastating, and it's, it's going to take years to rebuild the workforce. Yeah, I mean, you would attribute those losses to just not having the right protective equipment or just the overwhelming nature of the number of cases? Uh, not versus... having not having enough PPE. Um, you know, they don't – we hear about negative pressure rooms, that type of facility. Mm-hmm. It's almost unheard of. And they were just, you know, working these long, heroic hours. Yeah. Um, and especially in the beginning, they were hit – fairly early, and there just wasn't even enough knowledge about it. So, um, Wow. Well, that's awful. That'll have a lasting effect as well. As you say, it's years and years of experience and uh, networks that that will be lost because of it. Um, So, uh, Rachel, could you say a little more about the the patients in Bolivia? Yeah. um, I'll add that really for our patients, most of whom are already among society's most vulnerable people, Mm -hmm. those who are surviving on their day-to-day wages, Mm -hmm. the pandemic has really only caused further hardship. So we're already seeing and we expect in the years to come that our patients are going to present with more complicated medical cases. Mm. And this is because, you know, either their care has been delayed or they didn't seek any care at all until the situation became an emergency. Mm-hmm. And this might be because they're afraid of the virus right. or because they're afraid of the financial burden of medical care. Yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it was always an issue that you were working with, uh, the financial burden. Um, right. It's it's just become so much more dire now. But Yeah, right. 
No, I know in, in earlier um, newsletters that Solidarity Bridge has sent out um, that, that people were delaying their care and, and delaying care means right things become worse. Uh, the situation, some things may not be reversible um, and multiple issues may compound. Um, but I also seem to recall reading in one of the newsletters the the now that some of the surgeries are beginning to take place again, um, that that they're discovering that many, 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 very large percentage of the patients are COVID positive. Is that not correct? Yes. I think in our general surgery program, uh, you know, everyone who is going to have surgery has to have a COVID test now. Mm-hmm. And many people were getting the antibody test. So we found that all those folks who between March and August had their surgery delayed, we're trying to get them back into the system and moving again. Mm-hmm. But almost 90% of our general surgery patients showed that they did have COVID during the spring or summer. Wow. wow. I mean, that's staggering. Yeah. You think so about it's, it's, it's been very intense in Bolivia, and it has especially hit the low-income population. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Is most, I should also say, You've mentioned, but just to clarify, too, the patients are mostly these are rural areas. These are um, folks who have limited access to any kind of medical care under any other circumstance. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, wow. Well, and, I, I, you know, it's the situation, too, in terms of the pandemic is that we're dealing with it here, too. And our medical professionals as well and um, limited access to the, the work that we do um in mission organizations like Solidarity Bridge as well, I'm sure has complicated things. Well, um, it's time for our break now, but we'll be right back to continue our discussion of solidarity and mission. And there's hope. So stay tuned. Catholic Charities staff members work every day to end poverty and homelessness. We do this on a one-to-one basis with anyone who asks for help. We also work with organizations who study these issues across our city, state, and nation. The Wilson-Sheehan Lab for Economic Opportunities, or LEO, at the University of Notre Dame is one of these research centers. Through our partnership with LEO, Catholic Charities has gained valuable insights into scientific evaluation methods that determine the most effective interventions to help people avoid poverty and homelessness. Along with our experience and compassion, Trusted Research is helping Catholic Charities offer hope and so much more to anyone in need. For more information, visit catholiccharities.net. A Catholic faith-based education enriches both your mind and your heart. Academic standards are strong and so is the feeling of community. 96% of our graduates go on to college. If you think a Catholic high school education is for you, keep these dates in mind. Registration is now open for the Catholic high school entrance exam, which will take place on Saturday, December 5th. Students should take the exam at the high school they hope to attend next year. For more information, log on to our website, schools.archchicago.org. 
Catholic Charities Celebration of Giving is underway and we need your help more than ever. Now in its 73rd year, the Celebration of Giving was started by a group of adoptive parents who wanted to buy gifts for children who had not yet been adopted. This wonderful idea spread at Catholic Charities and last year, 25,000 gifts were given to people who would otherwise have nothing to open Christmas Day. Our online partners make it easy to donate toys. Gift cards are so appreciated by teenagers too. Gather your friends, family, colleagues, and neighbors and join this huge, awesome outpouring of kindness that is filled with the spirit of Christmas. To learn more, visit catholiccharities.net slash celebration or call 312-655-7401. Thank you from everyone at Catholic Charities. Welcome back to Mission Matters Live. If you're just tuning in, I am Megan Mio, coordinator for the Mission Office, and you're listening to WNDZ 750 AM. I'm speaking with Rachel McDonnell, Director of Development, and Jody Grahl, Director of General and Gynecologic Surgery and Pacemaker Programs, both of Solidarity Bridge, a, mission, a medical mission organization based in Evanston. And before the break, we were getting to know some of the breadth of the medical mission work of Solidarity Bridge and a little bit about Jody and Rachel's roles. We also started to learn about how the COVID-19 pandemic has challenged and caused suffering in Bolivia and Paraguay, both for the medical community uh, who have lost some of their um, brightest, as well as the patients um, in especially rural areas, those who have limited access to medical care already, and then the pandemic uh, makes things even worse, and uh, dealing with poverty. So keeping that reality in mind, let's talk a, a little bit more about how Solidarity Bridge is responding. As I mentioned, there's hope here. So um, I'm sure there probably were mission trips scheduled for this year, because uh, I know that you mentioned um, you, you do bring uh, medical professionals um, for, for visits um, with the doctors uh, in South America. But I, I'm sure they were canceled, those medical uh, mission trips. But I also hear, though, that there are shipments of medical supplies that have been scheduled. So um, can we just learn a little more about how that kind of help uh, works and uh, if there's other kinds of funding projects as well? Sure. Uh, yes, you are absolutely correct. All of our, our medical mission trips had to be canceled this year. But our work continues on many fronts. We've, we've definitely stayed busy. Uh, elective surgeries were on hold from March to August, so even our Bolivian partners, doctors, couldn't operate other than emergencies. But during that time, our Bolivia sister offices were able to redirect a lot of the supplies that we keep stocked in Bolivia. They re redirected those supplies to the COVID flight. So the hospitals we work with, they needed all the basics, the, the PPE and the anesthesia and ICU supplies and the, mm -hmm. the patient monitors, and they needed high volumes of it. So our stocks were, were quickly depleted. Um, and normally mm -hmm. we, we restock in Bolivia um, by carrying things in our suitcases. Usually every, every missioner who travels with us carries 100 pounds of medical supplies. Mm -hmm. So, so this year we've had to rely on options like air freight and shipping containers. Mm -hmm. And actually right now we're filling another 40-foot shipping container that we'll be sending out in early February. So the work goes on. 
Oh boy. Wow. Yeah, so you're restocking um, equipment that, that has already been put to use, basically, on, on the ground in Bolivia. Um, yeah. And, and th- it's really, you don't normally schedule so many shipments, but you said, you know, this is because the trips themselves aren't, aren't happening the way they normally do. I got to be honest, you know, we, we in the mission office, when we have visitors, we also give uh, liturgical supplies. Um, and it's always about what can fit in a suitcase. <laughs> Uh-huh. If it's too heavy or it's too big or whatever, it needs to fit in a suitcase in order for the missionaries to take it. Um, so, so what are the other other ways that uh, support has uh, developed then this year, Rachel? Yeah, you know these new ways of shipping that Jody mentioned, mm-hmm. and really the increase in our supply shipments. We've delivered four emergency shipments this year, mm-hmm. and so that impacts our budget. But we've also committed to doubling our financial support for patients. Mm. because we know that so many of them have been negatively impacted by the quarantine requirements. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So gratefully, we've seen an incredible commitment from many of the donors in our community, mm-hmm. but we're still praying that hundreds more people will support us before the end of the year and, and help us fulfill the promises that we've made to our partners and our patients. Mm-hmm. This this is a real tough year, for sure, for so mm-hmm. many nonprofits. Um, but, I mean, you, you've got such inspiring stories to share, which is wonderful. Um, mm-hmm. So I also saw um, that your staff and some of the previous missioned medical folks have been able to keep in contact with their counterparts in Bolivia. Um, can you tell us a little more about that? How has this been beneficial? Uh, yes. Uh, you know, for myself, when I look back on what are now, for me, 25 trips to Bolivia, mm. the, the most important part of these trips is the pers- personal connections that you make. And these these connections are especially powerful for our medical missionaries and the Bolivian doctors and other team members they work with. Mm-hmm. So while we're there on mission, the U.S. and Bolivian teams, they work, they integrate, they work shoulder to shoulder, mm-hmm. long hours in the hospital, long hours under the OR lights, under stressful conditions for all of them, really. Um, mm-hmm. They often hold, the Bolivian hospitals often hold the most difficult surgical cases for our teams. Mm-hmm. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, they, among each other, they forge these really deep bonds of mutual trust and, you know, professional respect mm-hmm. and, and friendship. Mm-hmm. And fortunately, we've been able to keep people connected. Um, thank goodness for Zoom, for example, and mm-hmm. WhatsApp. And to just to check in on each other, to swap experiences. Mm. Uh, it, it, in a few cases, they've consulted specific patient cases, for example. Wow. Mm. Yeah, but, but most of all, what they've needed from us is just, and what they've needed from each other is just mm. to be in solidarity. I mean, just to support yeah. each other. Yeah. You know, really, in this pandemic, we are just, we're all in this together, wherever right. we are. It really speaks to you said you know the mutuality there of um, that they've they've experienced something together in in those trips mm-hmm. um, as you say you know saving some of the most challenging cases but then also um, yeah the pandemic <laughs> we're all in this <laughs> together and yeah that that support I'm sure is is needed on both ends right. Um, now, are there other kinds of new efforts for increased or higher quality medical care that have developed in Bolivia this year? Um, Jody, can you tell us? Sure. Uh, well, the healthcare system in Bolivia was already severely strained before the pandemic, as we know. But this crisis 
it's brought a lot of really much needed attention to that fact. And mm -hmm. in some very inspiring cases, it's really provided an impetus to, to make important investment um, that's going to have a permanent impact. Mm -hmm. And for example, there's, there's this fabulous uh, case. There's, there's one sole public cancer hospital uh, in Bolivia that serves the entire western half of the country. We were actually packed and ready for takeoff in March for our third mission trip to this hospital in the city of Santa Cruz. We had to cancel at the last minute, of course. This was in March. Um, and this hospital, at the beginning of the pandemic, they were just focused on trying to keep their cancer patients safe from COVID. But all the other hospitals around them were just collapsing under the burden from so many patients. And so the leadership at this hospital, in the middle of the crisis, they decided to launch this very ambitious effort to fundraise and build an entire new state-of-the-art 24-bed ward um, with additional a little ICU section. Mm. This It's just an amazing hospital. They, they perform miracles with a fraction of the resources of any U.S. cancer hospital. And here they decided mm. to push themselves even further. And we were so inspired by them. Uh, we were able to deliver some monitors and other equipment and uh, to help furnish the ward. And, of course, we're going to continue to help supply them. And they now have this permanent new wing that they, they needed for a long time, and now they have it, and it's mm -hmm. going to be put to, to great use for decades to come. Wow. I mean, that's amazing during 2020, you know, right. to be able to do that kind of thing, um, start something new and, and um, wonderful. I mean, and so needed. Yeah, that's keep awesome. moving forward. Yeah, right. Always thinking down the line. <laughs> yeah, visioning. Um, so now with our last couple minutes, um, I, I want us to talk about the, you know, you mentioned earlier, uh, Rachel, the, the impact, the psychological and spiritual impact that this pandemic year has had on, on all of us, but especially uh, medical professionals who have been working longer hours and, and, and feeling um, so much is, is on their shoulders. Um, and now I'm talking about medical professionals in South America, of course, but also here uh, in the U.S., right here in the Chicago area. So if you could just say a few words, what are you, what are you seeing and hearing from them? And what do, you, do you suggest that we can show them support in some way and, and be in solidarity with them during this pandemic year? Uh, Rachel, please. Well, the, the intensity of this crisis and to see so much suffering and isolation and really the uncertainty of this disease, mm. these have been very challenging for all members of the medical community, really across the globe. Yeah. And today in Bolivia, they're in a better place than they were a few months ago. Their case numbers have come down. Mm. Mm -hmm. But now here in the U.S., we're facing our own increase and we're seeing much more stress on our hospitals. And it's one of those moments of solidarity. Sadly, this kind of stress is something that our Bolivian peers are accustomed to. Mm. They are used to working without enough staff, without enough supplies. Mm. Mm. And I think sometimes in our mission, and really as U.S. Catholics, it can feel that we in the U.S., we have all the knowledge and the resources, and we're sharing our abundance with a smaller country. Mm -hmm. But today... It's our U.S. missioners who may need to draw on, on the fortitude and dedication and ingenuity that they've seen their Bolivian peers practice year after year. Yeah, right. Wow. I think to answer your last question, you know, 
for all of us listening here today who want to be in solidarity with the medical community, mm-hmm. it's really our turn to to stand strong and let them lean on us when they're growing weary. Mm-hmm. I know social distancing, ugh, it's, it's so difficult on all of us. Mm-hmm. But I really believe that you can turn this challenge into something holy when you approach it in solidarity. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. for people listening, I don't know, next time you have to cancel your plans or have another celebration via Zoom, <laughs> mm-hmm. try to think about the nurse who's picking up extra shifts, even though it means that her kids are going to be all on their own for their virtual learning again, mm-hmm. or or the doctor who gets to go home and rest after a 36-hour shift. Maybe he gets five hours of sleep and a few hours with his family, and he's back at it. I really think solidarity is the key, and that in solidarity we find meaning and hope in these challenges. I mean, say an extra prayer, folks. <laughs> Absolutely. And and if you know somebody who's in the medical profession, just let them know that you care, that, you, that you're thinking about them, and, and show them that support. Well, thank you so much for joining us by phone, Rachel and Jody. Thank you for sharing some sobering news about the pandemic, um, but also filling us with hope with all the great work Solidarity Bridge is doing and your partners. So to Thank learn, you. You're very welcome. Learn more about Solidarity Bridge at their website, solidaritybridge.org, or look for them on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Great videos there. Tune in next month for more Mission Matters Live. Thank you very much for listening, and remember, always be on mission.